It's time for the Security Token Show. We're here to bring you the latest and greatest in security token news. Coming from across the globe to your living room. And delivering all the latest STOs and getting you up to date on what's happening in the market. So what are you waiting for? Let's get on with the show. and welcome back to this week's episode of the Security Token Show, episode 190, filmed here in sunny Miami, Florida. I've got Harway Konings next to me. I'm Kyle Sondland, and we're here to dive into an amazing episode, aren't we, Harway? excited, Kyle. Always a pleasure, my friend. Yeah. Uh, and actually, we've got some pretty big news. The first ever special purpose broker-dealer, it's been approved. And we're going to dive in later on the show to dive in exactly what that means, bogged down into the weeds, if you will. But first, we've got an amazing show and we've got an amazing sponsor, which this week we want to put a spotlight on our Security Token Advisors Success Network. Now, this is a new platform that we launched. It's from our sister company, our advisory business, helping others find the right partners and to be able to tokenize their assets and securities. And now we've got an all-in-one platform containing resources that you need, a vendor directory of our partners, uh, intelligence, including webinars to keep you plugged in and learn, as well as even the ability to contribute uh, as a publisher on stm.co. So amazing stuff and a whole lot more packed in there at securitytokenadvisors.com. Come join the community. Thanks to Security Token Advisors. What an amazing network we've got over 150 people in the network now, and it's all of the biggest names that you know and love. But with that, I think it's time to dive into our top five. Let's do it. And moving into our top five headlines that you need to know going into this week of the security token industry, we're kicking it off with Maru Benny Asset Management. They're launching a real estate tokenization effort on the MUFG Progmat platform, which we've seen capture some serious adoption internationally. This is another banking platform, working with them. This is a public token sale. They're working with SBI Securities on the distribution. And Maru Benny is no small fish. This is a $3.7 billion asset manager, specifically on the REIT side. And they've taken a building in Tokyo and has small residential units. They're raising $6 million behind the property. As we said, using the MUFG Progmat blockchain platform, and then SBI Securities doing a lot of financial processes there. And so this is a really exciting. The minimums on this were only 725 USD. So it's bringing down that minimum investment, increasing access to investors around the world. What a great use case. Japan are really heating up. And now on the number four, we're going to get back to another main topic. But you got to know that Prometheum, Prometheum Ember LLC, was the first approved special broker dealer. This was introduced actually back in 2020 as an option to be able to both custody and transact in crypto asset securities, first of its kind. We're going to break it down later, uh, but that's important to know. Big news. And then to number three, OCBC, the second largest bank in Singapore, has now officially moved into the tokenization space, working with ADEX, the leading APAC region broker, as well as marketplace for these issuances. They are launching a tokenized equity-linked structured note. 
What you need to know about that is basically it's a debt offering backed by underlying equity shares in what they call a U.S. big tech company. It was undisclosed which company that specifically is. I'm sure if you were an accredited investor, wanted to check out the PPM, you could get more details there. This one, however, pretty high minimum investment, about 50,000 US dollars in minimum investment, but they're launching a serious offering with a huge bank. Tokenization happening all across uh, the APAC region there. Number two, pretty big news. Block Invest, as well as with Credit Agricole Italy and others, have been selected as a winner in the Bank of Italy Milan's fintech uh, proposal. And you guessed it, it's all about tokenization, of course, specifically focusing on the SME, small to medium enterprise market. Uh, they call it mini bonds, as well as issuing many other debt instruments and presumably other use cases, including the liquidity components they recognized from tokenization. So fantastic. This is actually a really big deal. Uh, so uh, big news in Italy now. Yeah, looking at tokenization. Non-dilutive capital seems to be a huge adoption point, whether it's small businesses all the way up to the biggest banks. And then to number one, Broadridge announces their cross-border repo trades using a blockchain platform. Now, Broadridge is no small fish. They do over a trillion dollars per month in repo transactions. Now, they're using the DAML language built by Digital Asset to build their own distributed ledger repo platform. And they're working on UBS to Asian bank synergies on the repo trades, which they will eventually expand to the rest of their business. This is working with DRW, SockGen, and other banks. This is a huge deal because that's trillions, people, in monthly volume that's coming on chain. That is huge, Kyle. A lot happening in the security token news. Now let's move on to the institutional update, which Peter Gaffney is out here in uh, up north, if you will, for the Memorial Day weekend that we're filming here. So we got Jason for you. Welcome back to the institutional segment of the show. I'm Jason Barraza, Head of Growth and Operations at Security Token Market, subbing in for Peter Gaffney this week. This week, we're seeing lots of news from the banking side all around the world, starting off with Italy. A new tokenized platform is on its way by the Bank of Italy's Milan FinTech Hub, who chose BlockInvest to help build it. This platform has two goals in mind. One, enabling Italian companies to issue tokenized debt, and two, uh, provide qualified investors with access to these offerings with the hope of bringing in some level of liquidity. Now, speaking of debt, the Small Industries Development Bank of India is now exploring a tokenized collateral network, specifically for micro, small, and medium enterprises or MSMEs. This bank is state-owned and provides assistance to MSMEs through a range of financial products and services, including loans, guarantees, and venture capital. However, since institutional lenders have a siloed view, a borrower can get away with duplicate pledging of the collateral that results in lender losses and a deterioration of trust. Now, as we've seen in the United States, trust is an asset a bank can ill afford to lose. The Bank of India is working with Infosys in building this platform on a mission to combat these discrepancies via blockchain's promise of immutability and transparency. And of course, here in the Americas, Rodridge is announcing new trades on their intraday repo platform by DRW, Societe Generale, and another tier one bank. Just one month after they had announced their first cross-border repo trades with an Asian bank and UBS as the counterparties. Now, JP Morgan has been the go-to example of tokenized repos with their $700 billion in transactions, but... Broadridge is proving to be a strong competitor coming in at $1 trillion in monthly volume. 
Now, considering that Broadridge is using DAML, the same language powering the Canton network from a couple weeks ago, they're very well positioned to continue growing their monthly volume as the rest of the network gets to familiarize themselves. Very exciting stuff this week. Uh, that's all I have for you, but we're going to move it over to John Pittman and his market breakdown. What is up, tokenizers? Happy Monday. It's your boy, John Pittman. We're back at it. Filling in for the market update, so let's get you guys going. Uh, security token market cap has continued its ascension on the week back over $16.6 billion, much thanks to the continued rise of Negro Group. MUFG announced that Marubina Asset Management is launching its first security token issuance for real estate and will use MUFG's Progmat blockchain platform. The public offering of tokens will be sold via SBI Securities. MAM is a significant real estate investment trust, or REIT manager, and has a total of $3.7 billion of U.S. assets under management. According to the announcement, MAM is looking to diverse its funding sources. The initial security is for Granar Kamagomi, a Tokyo building mainly targeting small residential units with a total issuance price of $6 million U.S. million and a minimum investment of $725 U.S. money. Globian Spay, a multi-service platform for all financial solutions, has announced the launch of its own STO to raise funds for its global expansion and development. The STO represents an opportunity for investors to own a revenue share of the entire Globian's Pay group. So Globian's Pay aims to operate licensed and regulated banking, securities dealings, and investment management services worldwide. The issuance of 100 million GB Pay tokens priced at $1 each with the added benefit of a bonus structure for early investors. Token holders have the potential to receive a 7.5% revenue share of the Globian's Pay Group's business indefinitely, independent of profits, which may be attractive to some investors. Furthermore, there may be an option to convert the tokens into equity at a later stage. Globian's Pay STO began in April 2023 and is available to both retail and professional investors in various jurisdictions. The STO is being conducted on the Globian's Pay security token platform, which seamlessly integrates with the Globian's Pay main platform. And finally, Singapore-based overseas Chinese banking corporation, OCBC Bank, will offer tokenized equity-linked structured notes to accredited investors in a partnership with private market exchange ADDX. Equity-linked structured notes, also called fixed coupon notes, offer regular fixed interval distributions that provide investors with a tokenized avenue for investing in financial securities. The structured note is linked to a U.S.-listed technology firm and available for eligible investors on the ADDX exchange with a minimum investment requirement of $50,000. The tech company remains undisclosed due to market sensitivities, but as if me, in and out, see you guys on the other side of the blockchain. Thank you there, Jason and John, for those amazing updates. And now, Kyle, it's time for our main topic mm. today, as we mentioned, is all about that special purpose broker-dealer status. Uh, we got Promethium coming out with news that they have officially been approved by FINRA. The first one, Kyle, pretty big deal. Big news. We're going to break this down, but first, let's keep it rudimentary. Lay the foundation. Sure. So... We're talking about broker dealers. So I think that the most important place to start is actually talking about what a broker dealer is. So for context, when we're talking about a broker, the broker side of the broker dealer equation is someone that's actually acting on behalf of their clients. They're executing transactions or trades for their clients. The dealing side is talking about their own accounts and using their own balance sheet to execute these types of trades. But that's not as relevant as talking about the types of broker dealers, the business use cases that we tend to see with this license. As we're talking about, this is regulated by FINRA. So you have to get approval from the US regulator or if you're international, from the local jurisdiction that you're working in in order to do this specifically. And in most cases, 
What we're talking about here from a business case is taking a percentage of the transactions that are happening through. You can't do that without the license. But let's talk about, I mean, maybe the four best examples of, of where we see broker dealers in action. The first one is the clearing broker. This is the person that's actually managing and maintaining the compliance around these transactions. A lot of times, the clearing broker isn't necessarily somebody that's actually handling money from clients to the issuer. They're actually the ones making sure that that process is being followed. We see examples like North Capital being somebody that does this exceedingly well. And then number two, we have introducing brokers. And this is basically like a syndicate where you're going to a bunch of different wealthier, successful people or other brokers, and you're connecting them into the clearinghouses and the, the broker that's actually facilitating the deal. So you're the one that's kind of just being the referral and then taking a cut of it. Third step is the investment broker. This is active advisory and active investment management on behalf of your book of clients. So instead of just trying to syndicate and pump it through, you have a book and you're helping them deploy it appropriately into private placements. Finally, number four, we've got market making. This is where you're not actually taking the investment position. You're just trying to provide liquidity into the greater system. So those are the four types of brokers. Then we can layer on top the ATS, which is about secondary transactions. We've talked a lot about ATS's alternative trading system. Exactly right. It makes a lot of sense. We've got similar regimes across the world in various different financial jurisdictions. But we're, of course, today talking specifically about the U.S., which, as I mentioned earlier on the show, in 2020, introduced that new model. Broker right. dealers don't, other than a lot of FINRA updates, mostly with compliance and a lot of these other things, this was a, a pretty big deal given the whole lack of uh, clarity. clarity around this crypto asset class. And in this case, a special uh, purpose broker dealer solves one big problem that you might not have known about, uh, which is that if you've ever transacted with uh, any security tokens, and of course, digital asset securities, crypto asset securities, security tokens, this is all the same nomenclature. Uh, but you have to self-custody, one of the view you know, benefits that we think, but you have to self-custody things because actually broker-dealers are not allowed to do that for you. So you're saying that a traditional broker license doesn't allow for those brokers to actually custody the digital types of assets. Exactly. Specifically, the crypto asset securities, anything okay. that the SEC views as such, using essentially what they call distributed ledger technology, right? So anything that's on the blockchain stems from that. So it all falls under that category. And in this case, uh, it actually comes with some rules too, Kyle. I want to run through them. Mm. Uh, so you get that ability to custody and transact other than just transact, like all these other ones getting approval, specific still approval to be able to do digital right. asset securities, but no custody component. In this case, you get that custody, but you must have access to the crypto asset securities it proposes to transfer. Okay, uh, sense. makes sense. Uh, cannot have proprietary positions in traditional securities other wow. than for net capital or hedging. Interesting. So you can only, if you're going to get a special purpose broker dealer and you want to work in digital assets, you can only work in digital assets. There's no going back. And because we know that this is an official stance from the SEC, that means no Bitcoin. I mean, that is not considered a crypto asset security. Interesting. No traditional stocks uh, and actually anything uh, that isn't, uh, you should recognize that, sorry, that they specifically also must make sure that that underlying crypto asset security is in fact either under an exemption or registered with the SEC. So right. NFTs or any of these things that you kind of just issue on a blockchain, it has to have some kind of exemption or registration in order for, in this case, Prometheum, but any SPBD, special purpose broker dealer, 
to be able to transact. Right. Big mm -hmm. deal, restrictive, as you pointed yeah. out. Perhaps why a lot of brokers have not moved in this direction. Uh, you, of course, cannot uh, do any custody if makes sense. They're aware that there is some kind of potential underlying security risk with the DLT technology. So if the blockchain has a bug that you're, you have some concerns about, that immediately cuts it out. Exactly. And we'll get back to that point because they have certain criteria, um, but they must also have written disclosures to customers about certain risks, mm. material risks. Makes sense. Is that right? standard. Regarding DLT technology, I guess it's just another kind of comprehension education thing. Uh, but in, in order, on top of that, I think a little bit more onerous, perhaps, mm. is they require a written agreement with each customer saying that they understand the terms and conditions that they've put forth for transacting, essentially, in these crypto You really need a lot of bureaucratic sign-offs. You're know, really getting people ready to be able to transact in this stuff. And allow uh, you to custody for that, right. which is kind of the big component here, uh, right? And, and uh, they come back to it and finish off here saying, yeah, you got to have policies on how to determine if it's actually a crypto asset security. So mm. this is like how we test related and right. all that. So what do you think that means for Prometheum? They probably had to put something forth that they think? A hundred percent. Same with uh, having uh, some kind of method to assess security risks and the ability to demonstrate that they have exclusive control and the right protections in place for their consumer. So what you're pointing at is they had to go through to FINRA, propose all this basically. stuff, exactly, and say, okay, FINRA's comfortable with all of their methods here. And actually, you got to think about that. That means Prometheum has, as you said, figured out their kind of way that FINRA's cool with for figuring out with whether something's actually a crypto asset security. Which is pretty big because the Howey test is really the only example of approved methodology in order to determine what a security is. It sounds like potentially Prometheum has something else that we don't get to know necessarily the public inferences <laughs> of, but but potentially there's there's an additional piece in the works here that may come out publicly at some point from the SEC around their, their guidance. A hundred percent. And that's why it's very interesting uh, from Prometheum's view. I've spoken to Aaron Kaplan, the CEO, very smart guy, attorney by background, uh, and recognizes that the SEC's viewpoint stands on a certain position that very well could be that the future of this asset class is indeed under this regime and that they then have the ability to actually custody on behalf of their customers being a superior advantage to trade things like Filecoin, uh, which to many people and almost by design was not meant to be a security, but they did all the right things, filing with the SEC an exemption, raising capital the right way. And now at least they have a broker-dealer venue that they can go and list and trade on. And then as a result of being an SPBD, they can then offer their customers custody services, which is something that no other broker-dealer can offer right now. They have to do it with a third party and through self-custody. And this sent ripples through the community. Even just, I know that both of us had many calls last week and in the prior weeks as the rumors came out, oh, Someone's been approved for a special purpose broker dealer. Who is it? Who is it? What's going on? Well, now it's finally public. It is Prometheum. This is a pretty big deal because we, we've seen a lot of regulatory pushback on traditional brokers trying to offer these services. And now finally, we've seen somebody get approved. This almost feels like a watershed moment, like when we covered here on the show just three plus years ago when the ATS 
regulations were finally pushed through. We saw a few ATSs get approved. Then we saw some Reg A pluses get approved. And it did seem like once one gets it, there's at least a pathway for others to potentially explore that. So very exciting. Major shout out to Prometheum for trailblazing in this process, being the first, and you've heard it here first. And to that point, uh, we also saw OTC markets get approved by FINRA to trade digital asset securities. So at the end of the day, FINRA is moving. They are actually starting to approve things, it looks like, and that is indeed very exciting. So hopefully you learned something. If you got any comments or questions, of course, you know, engage with us. We're available on LinkedIn and Twitter. And of course, we got the huge community. And now we're going to finish off the show, of course, with our companies of the week. And to wrap up our show here this week, we are talking about our companies of the week. This is where Herwig and I pick two different companies that caught our eye for doing the something exciting in the industry that we wanted to specifically highlight. We've been doing this since episode one. We're now on episode 190. And it actually does get you nominated for potentially winning the Company of the Year Award, where we go back at the end of the year and figure out, hey, who was the biggest impactful company in the industry? And you had to have won at some point during the weeks. So Herwig, without further ado, lead us off. Who's your Company of the Week? I mean, this one's obvious to me, Kyle. Broadridge has to take the cake for me. Uh, seeing companies get to that trillion dollar mark in this world uh, of you know distributed ledger and blockchain and all that, that's a big, big deal. Uh, the only other firm I can think of is JP Morgan with their you know, platform is also doing uh, that type of volume. At the end of the day, Broadridge, huge, huge moves here. They've been big uh, proponents of distributed ledger technology, been very active in this space, very active in plugging in with the financial industry, actually, uh, as early as 2021, uh, maybe even earlier than that. Uh, and they are a big mover, folks. If you haven't heard of them, you got to get familiar. Uh, and again, trillion dollar monthly trading volume on their distributed repo ledger. Uh, that's a big deal, Kyle. I got to give it to Broadridge. That makes a ton of sense there trailblazing from the institutional capacity and really helping to quantify the benefits of tokenization technology, something that we continue to strive to do and is really going to help with adoption from other banks. And who do you got? My winner this week is the, a winner in and of themselves because they won from the Milan Financial Hub and Innovation Sector in Italy. That is Block Invest. They were approved and they won this, this contest in order to drive adoption of tokenization in Italy, specifically focused on small to medium enterprise debt lending. And I think that this is really fascinating because non-dilutive capital seems to be what we're seeing as a huge trend in this industry because debt servicing is so much significantly improved by the tokenization process, doing distributions, doing all these things, focusing on cash flowing businesses as opposed to more of the venture economics in a bull market. Some of these bear market style of things, you see the cash flow being a higher priority. On top of that, their goal is to launch not only a tokenization platform and issuance and fundraising thing, but they also want to do a secondary market. So I love the ambition. We'll see how that comes to fruition because vertically integrating can be tough in a regulated environment, but they have some good backers. Credit Agricole, which is a $2.7 trillion bank and asset manager is on board with this operation as well as Deloitte and others. So major shout out to Block Invest for doing all the right things. That's huge. We've seen a lot of full end-to-end -end ecosystems come together and Italy is a bit uh, new to this whole mm. ecosystem, I think, from a maturity perspective. So I'm excited to see Block Invest paving that way. That's a great choice, Kyle. And with that, I think that's our show. Of course, like, subscribe, share, 
Uh, we love your support always. And please, your feedback, suggestions, questions, thoughts on maybe a main topic you'd like to see us cover. We're always here. We're always available in stm.co. That's your place, your one-stop shop for tokenization, everything you need to know, the latest news, all the trading information, and more. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for watching. Happy tokenizing. Thank you.